0: And while you remain standing, we're going to read God's word together. If you could just remain standing with me for a few moments. I thank God that you're in the house here tonight. And I thank God that I'm here tonight. We could have been anywhere else, but you and I decided to be in the presence of Almighty God. So look at somebody on your left or your right. Tell them, say, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. And I want to thank, uh, as you remain standing, I want to thank Pastor Ken Foreman um, and all the pastoral staff. I could start name dropping as much as I can, but um, in this moment, I just want to be thankful for the opportunity. My name is Pastor Jeremy Rangel, and I'm excited to be bringing the word of God with you here tonight. Amen. So blessed to be with you. I want, like I said, thank Pastor Ken and, and the staff for the opportunity to be able to serve here. Uh, I also have my parents, Pastor Jeremy and Ruth, who lead a church down in Salinas Valley. And I'm so glad to have my mom and dad here, as well as a lot of family that's come to support tonight. And all the cathedral family that's here tonight, why don't we give ourselves a hand for being God's house on a Wednesday night. And last but not least, I thank uh, God for my beautiful, amazing wife who puts up with me every single day. <laughs> I know I couldn't put up with me, so I thank God for her. And uh, tonight, uh, I'm exci- I'm really extra excited because my wife and I are actually expecting our first child on November the fifth this year. And it's a baby girl. So baby girl hears the voice of her daddy tonight. So I'm excited. Love you too, babe. And let's do this together. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 through 10. And if you don't see it, if you don't have it in your Bibles, you can look on the screen. I have a long way to go in a short amount of time, so I want to do this. Let's see here. And verse 6 says, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But, somebody say, but. but. I refrain, so no one will think more of me. ...than is warranted by what I do or say, or because these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace, somebody say "My my grace. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can we say that all together? All together, church? For when I am weak, then then I am strong. Amen. Let's all bow our heads And let's just go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this evening, God, to be able to be together in your presence. I ask, Father, that you would open up every ear to hear and every heart that is open to receive, would receive your word tonight. Father, give me the strength and the wisdom to be able to articulate in public what you've spoken to me in private. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bring the revelation that only you can. We love you and we thank you in this house. And all God's men and women say? And all God's men and women say? Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap one more time. And as you're taking your places, I've been ministering here on Wednesday nights singing for the past, like, two months. And I know I haven't been able to greet each and every single one of you personally. So before you take your place, just go up to somebody and tell them, say, hey, I'm so glad you're in the house tonight. Maybe maybe greet somebody new. You don't got to be weird about it. I like how Pastor Mike says. He says, you're already weird, but the Bible actually says that we are a peculiar people. So look at somebody, if you can't make your way all the way over there, I know the auditorium's big, but just say, I'm so glad you're here tonight. I'm so glad you made it here tonight. Amen. Amen. You know... I'm a I'm a hollerback type of preacher. Um, I can't help it. You know, when I begin to just speak God's word, something just comes in me. It's kind of like a Jeremiah 20 type thing where I just feel like if I don't, you know, let it out demonstratively, like I might just go crazy. And so if you hear me start getting a little bit excited and a little bit loud tonight, just know that that's normal. I'm not mad or anything. I'm not mad at anybody. It's like, who's this dude yelling at tonight? You know, it's, it's not that I'm mad or anything like that. I just, I love God's word. But I found in church that it's so much better when we do it all together. Church is so much more fun when we preach messages together. You know, and so I just want you to repeat that after me. Let's say, it's so much better, so much better. when we do it all together. And so tonight, if there's something I say and you're like, I like that, you can let out an old-fashioned hallelujah, you can let out an amen, or you could just clap your hands. Either way, I'm excited tonight, and I want to do this thing all together. Let's all say, it's so much better when we do it all together. together. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad to be here tonight. Um, Since we're all getting to know each other, I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. I I love God. 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 I, I, love, I love the things of God. I love God's word. I love worshiping God um, when I come into his house. I love the people of God. I love God's house. I, I love everything that there is that you could love about the concept of God. I love God. And, you know, throughout my life, I, I, I've experienced different things that have, you know, brought weaknesses into my life. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe you've experienced weakness in some type of way in your life. And I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. But it's it's interesting how you can love God so much but be also dealing with so much at the same time. Am I talking to anybody already? Amen. You could love God so much but yet be still dealing with so much in your life at the same time. And uh, I got weaknesses that you could get serious about. And I got weaknesses that, honestly, I think that we all kind of have. You know, I mean, my, wall and my wife and I love the carne asada tacos that we can get at the, the hole in the wall on a Sunday afternoon, right? You know, I, don't, I, I mean, and then for me, too, uh, it's interesting. Last, uh, last month, Pastor Ken talked about a weakness that he has to glaze donuts. And if you were there, you can raise your hand. It was, it was an amazing service because they actually passed out donuts in the aisles. The ushers were passing out donuts. And I thought, man, that'd be such a cool illustration to talk about a food or something. That's a weakness to me. But number one, I'm not as cool as Pastor Ken. And number two, I'm not paying for all those donuts. So... <laughs> so you get my story on coffee tonight so uh i had my first big cup of coffee i call it big boy cup of coffee because it was espresso like real deep right and it was and this is back in you know about eight nine years ago so back then nowadays everybody drinks coffee you can be this big and be drinking coffee but back in that time uh you know it wasn't it wasn't a normal thing so uh, i remember starting my first job i worked at a credit union And I had my first cup of coffee, walked in, and I thought, oh, wow, this is my first big boy job. I got to wear a suit and tie to work, and I was all excited. And I remember showing up, and about three or four cups of coffee later. I mean, I didn't know. They just kept on giving it to me. I mean, I'm talking, and they're still putting it in there. I think they thought it was funny, like a joke. And so, so, you know, I showed up at 9 a.m. for work, clocked in, got my cup of coffee. About four to five cups later... (laughs) <laughs> about four to five cups later around 10 30 I'm running literally running around I'm like people are walking in I'm walking to Monterey credit union so nice to meet you is there anything that I can do for you can I offer you some of our products and services today is there anything else that I can get you do you want some of this right like I'm just like I- I'm going off oh those are some dope shoes maybe I might walk down the street and you know oh oh the mall's only three miles away I can run there and get back on lunch bro I I, I-, I can run you don't know me I can run and I'm just like so 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 hooked on this coffee my manager calls me over Jeremy so I come running, right, spilling out, right, coffee spilling. I run up to him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things. One, he's like, one, you don't have to run when I call you. And two, no more coffee. <laughs> no more coffee. I'm addicted to coffee. My name is Jeremy. I love coffee, right. Can't live without it. I have it every single day. I went on a fast for every single one of you. I walked in this building and I laid hands on every single one of these chairs. But I still have my cup of coffee today, right. I love coffee. Coffee, I love coffee, and it's a weakness. I'll be—I con- I would consider that a weakness of mine. But how many of you know that there are also weaknesses in our lives that maybe we can't necessarily fully show everybody on the outside, or maybe there's weaknesses that you know aren't external. You can't see those weaknesses. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe it's—it's it's envy. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's anger. The things that attack our hearts and get into our hearts and do stuff that we didn't really ever intend or seeing coming. I'm talking about anger, resentment, fear, worry, shame, doubt, lust. Let's talk about it, right? The things that we as individuals start so small, that start so small in our lives and end up becoming so big later on. I'm talking about the weaknesses that infect our hearts that we can't see outwardly. Amen? Amen. And although those weaknesses that I mentioned before are very real, you know, there's some weaknesses that can't be measured physically, but instead they can be measured spiritually. And uh, I believe that my assignment tonight um, is to express to you that although I may not always understand how or understand why, but God is very much present in our weaknesses as much as he is in the high in the high places and in the victories of our lives and I've come to find this to be so true I have come to find this to be so true in my life I mean I've had some experiences I'm only 28 I know that there's a lot more people in here that have so much more life experience than I do but one thing that I've discovered even over the last year is that God is very much present in my weaknesses as much as he is in the victories of my life. And I don't know who might've walked in the door feeling weak tonight, but tonight I want you to know you don't got to walk out the door feeling the same way that you walked in. But there's a particular reason why you're here. Look at somebody, Tom, say there's a reason why you're here. And I believe that tonight we'll journey to discover that we'll discover God's power even in our weaknesses. The title of the message tonight is His Power in My Weakness. Look at somebody say, His power and my weakness. Everyone has a weakness. No matter who they are, no matter how spiritual that they are, you might have shown up tonight and you didn't even have to walk into the house, you just floated on in here, right? Every single person has a weakness. Everybody. And one of the things that I've discovered is that no matter how long you've been attending church or how long you've been saved, every single one of us has a weakness. It's always been so fascinating to me in this passage of scripture that we read earlier in the words of Paul, as he narrates what he's going through, that uh, he's talking about not boasting, but I mean, if you're Paul, I mean, I'm thinking about if I'm Paul, I got a lot to boast about. I mean, the man wrote more than half of the New Testament. I mean, if anybody could boast, it's Paul. If anybody could be proud, it's Paul. But we find that even Paul battled with weakness, that even Paul had a weakness. And more interestingly enough, the Bible says that Paul narrates that God gave him this weakness. It's very interesting. But as we read on, we see that he wasn't immune to pride and weakness. Now, many biblical and theological um, studies have been done to determine, uh, to, de- to determine what Paul struggled with specifically. Um, some say that it was a physical ailment that he struggled with. Some say that it was literal spiritual torment that he went through. Some say that it was the religious persecution that he dealt with while in Rome and the other areas that he went to go and spread the gospel. But in either case, um, none of us know what what true weakness Paul actually battled with. But he gives us the narrative that God gave this to him. And I found that it's often the trials of life that will expose our weaknesses. And the enemy just loves to do that, doesn't he? Doesn't he just love to expose our weaknesses when we're down? And this might be kind of like politically correct uh, because this is a TED talk for a second, but uh, the enemy's a punk. (laughs) Because, and I got no respect for him because he comes at us in times truly of weakness. And this is what i found in my life is that he's going he's to come in the trials of my life. He's not going to come and attack when everything is going good and the bills are paid and the family looks beautiful and everything's going right. The marriage is going right and everything's going the way that it should go. He's going to come when you're going through struggles, when you're up at night crying your eyes to sleep. Those are the moments that the enemy really comes to get us. And the trials of life affect us three different ways. Somebody say three. Trials of life affect us generally three different ways. The first way it affects us is physically. You know, all of us have dealt with pain in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you haven't. Maybe for you it's been mental trials. I could also call these emotional trials. You know, like our emotional health. The things about us that, that, that we, like that anger that I talked about earlier that we just can't hold back. That it just seems like that's always the moment where the enemy decides to expose our weaknesses. And maybe for some of us in this room, it's a spiritual and supernatural trial. Maybe it's, it's something that happened to you years and years and years ago, and you ain't never told nobody about it. And you thought to yourself, oh, eventually I'll be able to get over this. And so you became, you, you became disengaged with that part of your life, and you decided to say, you know what, uh, that, I'm not going to ever talk about that or ever go there. And you don't ever allow God to heal that part of your life. I'm talking about shame and 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 doubt and areas of our lives that that come and challenge our faith, right? These are the trials that we go through in our lives. And I've come to find out that these trials that we go through, these are the moments that expose our weaknesses. If you battle with a weakness, in one of these areas of your life that you're dealing with a trial, that's where the weakness is going to come. That's That's where the weakness is going to show itself most is in the moments in the trials of our lives when everything's going chaotic and nothing makes any sense and you feel like you can't talk to nobody around you about what you're going through. And you show up and you walk into the house and you're kind of like you walk in and the lights are on but nobody's home. You become disengaged with everything in every other area of your life, even, dealing, even, even allowing God into those areas. And it's in those moments that we see the, the, where we see where our real weaknesses are. And the enemy loves to expose those things. So I got a question for you tonight. How do you respond when bad things happen? How do you respond in your life when bad things happen? When you go through one of these trials, and if you're taking notes, you could take notes or type it out on your phone or however you want to go about it. But how do you respond when bad things happen in your life? How do you respond? Do you get angry? Do you get envious? Do you, get, do, 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 you do you just... Do you just feel like giving up? Do you give up? How do you respond when bad things happen in life? When things just don't go your way? How do you respond? And that's the question you gotta ask yourself. How did Paul respond? Paul prayed. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse six says, three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. The Bible says that Paul prayed. It says that that's how he dealt with his weakness was he prayed. And in fact, the Bible says he prayed three times. Three times. This correlates to when Jesus uh, was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36-46. through 46, he, he prays three times for the cup to pass from him before Roman soldiers were coming to get him. But I found... And I've come to find out in my life, and like I said earlier, I'm still learning, just like everybody in this room, that sometimes it's the unanswered prayers of God that truly grow my faith. It's not necessarily when I just pray and something happens, but it's the moments when I have to continue to have faith in God, even when he didn't come through the way that I expected him to. Am I talking to somebody tonight? But here's the thing, because if I live my life solely based upon what I believe God does for me, then my expectations will only be attached to when I believe that it's him responding to my prayers. When I pray for God to come through financially, and it just happens. When I pray for the healing to come through, I can't tell you, I'm I'm a fifth generation preacher, growing up in church my whole life. I can't tell you how many people I've seen come come to the house of God when they're sick, get healed, and then you don't see them. Because if my, if, if, if my faith in God is solely attached to only when God comes through for me, then that'll be how I live my life, and that'll be the expectations that I have of God. But, that being said, when I live my life instead focused on God's will for my life, and his perfect plan and his power in and through my life, then that means no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what I'm going through, money in my pocket or no money in my pocket, sick or not sick, healthy or not healthy, whatever the situation is, I'm gonna give God the glory because it's in his presence that anything is possible. We say it on Sunday, anything is possible. We say it all the time. But do we really, really believe that, church? And that's, that's the thing. Tonight, I've come to find out that if my expectations are, are only attached to when I believe God's responding to my prayers, then, um, then I'm not going to get very far in this faith. And I discover that he's fully in control of whatever circumstances are in front of me when I put my faith wholly in him. Okay. So, I prayed about this. Uh, you won't find this on the screen tonight. I prayed about this before I was gonna ask this question, and I asked God's permission to ask this next question. You won't find it on any of my sermon notes or anything. This is just a general question, and I asked God's permission for this. And uh, I could sit here, I could, well, I'm standing up tonight, but I could stand up here tonight, and um, and I can extrapolate the text, and, you know, do an exegesis, and. As I'm trained and experienced to do so. And we could just talk about Paul for the next 20 minutes. Or I can come down here and I can ask you a question tonight. Do you ever get frustrated with God? Do you ever get truly, honestly frustrated with God? Or am I the only one in the room? I've been frustrated. I was frustrated four months ago when, uh, when I lost my job and I didn't have a job. and um, I came home from work and I had an eviction notice on the front of my uh, of my apartment. And I would tell my wife, well, it's nothing, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a letter. And she knew, obviously, she grabbed it, right? I was frustrated. I was frustrated when I, I thought that I knew like God's plans for me and this and that. And I had all these expectations and it didn't come through the way that I had expected it to. I was frustrated. I was frustrated when, um, when that same week I felt so defeated after losing my job and, um, and I would see my wife asleep in our room and I'd be standing in the doorway with tears rolling down my face as she's sleeping, knowing that we had just found out that we were going to have our daughter and knowing that, uh, that I didn't have a job any income, I was frustrated. Tears coming down my face thinking Jeremy, they deserve more than this. I was frustrated, I've been frustrated. I was frustrated when I went to job interview after job interview and they either told me Jeremy, you're either overqualified or you're sorely underqualified. I've been frustrated. I was frustrated when, uh, when the eviction notice got so bad I had to call my parents and ask them for help and humble myself. At 20 years old, yeah, I've been frustrated. I've had different expectations of God at times. But I've come to know, and this is what I've come to see in the believers, and I want you to know something tonight. As much as I preach this message to you tonight, I want you to know that every moment that I either got into the presence of God or I walked into his house, something came over my life that I can't quite fully explain to you. And I'm going to do my best to do so in the next 10 minutes. But the truth is, and I don't mean this to make anybody feel bad, but mature Christians, mature Christians, people that have been serving God and have been through some stuff and know what it is to still be serving God after you've been through all the stuff you've been through, they know how to give God praise in spite of anything that they're going through in their life. And four months ago, before I even came into this church, I I, I sat in a food court over there off Oak Ridge and cried my eyes out, feeling like I just wanted to give up. But then I read this text and something came over my life. I had no idea that I would be in this house with you here tonight. But in that moment, I just began to literally, people probably thought I was crazy, but I began to say, God, you're good. God, you are good. And I might not understand it, and I might not know how I got here, and I might not be able to explain it, but you're still good. You're still on the throne, and you are still in control. And I wonder who I'm talking to, if there's anybody in the room that's had to do that lately. Yeah, the doctor says you're sick, but God's still in control. Yeah, you might not have you might have more month than you got money, but God's still in control. You might not know what's gonna happen, or maybe, maybe. Maybe God didn't answer the last thing that you prayed for, but he's still in control. Uh, about five years ago, my, uh, my aunt was diagnosed with cancer and we had the whole family uh, show up at the hospital and everybody was crying and I was crying and my grandfather looks at me and Mio, I want you to pray over the family. So I prayed and we walked out, guys, and as we're walking out, God is my witness. We're walking out of the hospital, and my grandpa literally, as we're walking to the car, the car's there, he's like this, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he's like dancing all the way to the 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 car. I'm like, man, this guy must have lost his marbles in there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy because, you know, for me personally, this doesn't make any sense. Because you just got this, if it was me, if it was me personally, I I just found out I'm going to be a dad, y'all to a little baby girl. I can't imagine going through something like that. But I've got to believe that the man has served God long enough to know that at the end of the day, there are things that I can control and there are things that he can control. There are things that I have control over. Oh, but it's so much better when it's in his hands, isn't it? And although it doesn't make sense to me, and although I wonder how I got here, I can give God the praise anyhow. And I know that he, has the, uh, that he has the capability not just to see me in this, but to get me through it. Isn't there anybody in this room that's glad that God got you through what he got you through? This is the part of the sermon where every single person who's ever experienced the grace and mercy of God should shout. Because when you know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side... You would have not gotten through that. You would have lost your mind. But because you came to God's presence and you got in his house, something got a hold of your life. Is there anybody in the room tonight that knows what I'm talking about? This is, this is the almighty grace of God. And grace will make you change your ways. It'll make you keep showing up on Wednesday nights. It'll make you keep believing. It'll make you keep praying. It'll make you keep fighting for your family. It'll make you keep seeking God. Is there anybody that made it by the grace of almighty God? Amen. I'm so glad that we're here today. We're here tonight and, um, I said earlier, I can't fully explain it, but Zechariah I think, hit the nail on the hammer in chapter four, verse six. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah, there it is. That's why I love God's word. That means it's not something that I can stand up here and fully be able to explain to you. It's something down on the inside of me. Something down on the inside of me that tells me, Jeremy, God's still in control. There's something down on the inside of me that makes me keep praying and seeking God, even though I might not see the circumstances working out the way that I had anticipated. Something down on the inside, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It's down on the inside of us. Knowing that God's, that, that even when I'm at my worst, that God's still on his best. Three times, Paul says, Three times. Three times he prayed. And God tells him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God always answers us in ways that we don't expect him to answer. And tonight I believe that God wants to answer you for what you've been praying for. But God typically responds to our prayers in two different kind of ways. Somebody say two. two. One. He responds to your needs. Sometimes the miracle happens. Sometimes the finances come in on time. Sometimes God gets a hold of your kids, who might be feel you might feel like they're lost tonight. Sometimes the marriage doesn't prove by responding to your needs as he as as you have requested, or two, by giving you the strength down on the inside. To bring, that, to bring a testimony out of that trial. To bring breakthrough out of that brokenness. To turn that prison into a palace that you're in tonight. Sometimes God does it by getting you through it. Just getting, just getting me through it. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God got me through it. I'm so glad that he continues to get me through it and that I got something on the opposite side of it, that my faith got a little bit stronger, that I got a little bit wiser, that I learned something from that experience, and it wasn't for no reason. Two ways, he either responds directly, or he gives you that, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, Father. You will see me through this. Can we stand, church? I believe that tonight God wants to turn that pain into perseverance. That he wants to turn that setback into a setup. That brokenness, like I said, to breakthrough, That prison cell into a palace. That mourning and a dancing, that sorrow into joy. And I get it. It's hard sometimes to believe God when he might have not answered to you the way you thought he should in the last time you prayed. I come to know that I want for my life what his expectations are, not my own. I wanna live my life, guys, in such a way that it just draws people to Jesus. And it's gotta be in every way that I walk, in every way I talk, there's gotta be something different about me than everybody else. And the fact that you're in this room tonight rings that so true you're not like everybody else. You have a heavenly Father that loves you, that died for you and paid a price for you. And I don't know who I'm talking to directly, but whatever your weakness is, and whatever you feel in this room that's got you bound, that's got you stuck in your shame, you might feel worthless tonight, but I've come to tell you that you are worth everything to Jesus. You are worth absolutely everything to him. And over 2,000 years ago, he hung on a cross. And with his right hand, he touched the hand of God. And with his left hand, he touched the hand of humanity. And then he said, it is finished. That's his expectation. It's already done. But you and I have to live through it. So tonight, I wonder if there's anybody in this room that in this moment, maybe you've been going through it. Maybe you want to recommit yourself to his power instead of yours over your life. And maybe tonight you're saying I'm here preacher and I want to commit my life to Jesus over again or maybe I'm going to put this in his hands finally. Or maybe you're just at the point where you need breakthrough so bad and you're saying I'm not leaving here until I get it. And if that's you tonight on the count of three, I want you to walk down here to this altar. And I believe that Any of you, because I've been praying and I've been seeking God, and I was hesitant to doing this at first. But I feel so strongly, even more now in in his almighty presence, that there's somebody in this room that needs to be set free. That there's somebody in this room whose weakness has had you bound. But God paid a price for you. If that's you, one, this is your moment. Two, God loves you so much. And three, if that's you, just come onto this altar. And if the team wants to just go around, someone's gonna come and pray with you in a moment. As you come, as you come. Church, my prayer for you tonight is that you would know that no matter what the circumstances in this room have you bound and down, that God has your best interest in mind and that he is with you and he has the best plans and intentions for your life, I promise you. And if you surrender to god's will tonight then you will find that there is power even in your weakness in the hands of god let's put that scripture up one last time second corinthians therefore i will boast all more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me that is why for christ's sake i delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulty. For when I am weak, I am strong. I just wanna tell you tonight, church, maybe maybe you're in the same state as Paul. Maybe you're in the same state I was in a couple months ago. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're worn out, and maybe you feel defeated tonight. But I want you to know that you don't need to bring God a perfect praise. You can bring him a broken praise in this moment too. He'll gladly take that too because God doesn't want you to just worship him and come to this altar when everything's okay. Sometimes you're hurting, sometimes you're broken, sometimes life just isn't fair and doesn't make sense. But sometimes it's the moments when you don't feel like it that touch the heart of God most. So I wonder if there's anybody in this moment that can lift your hands in the presence of Almighty God, with all expectation of his presence, and just lift him up, because he's still good, and he's still on the throne, and he's still in charge, and he still loves you, and he still cares for you. Come on, church, let's give God a shout of praise all over this place, come on.
1: Come on, come on, church, worship him.
0: those hands come on church come on that we're in right now in this moment if you can if you feel comfortable every eye closed and every hand lifted if you need God to step into that weakness tonight and show off his power and his loving grace why don't you lift your hands as high as you can in this room a lot of hands going up and church, what we're going to do is we're going to repeat a prayer together. And then we're just going to go wild for Jesus. And if you if you need to just press in, just keep pressing in. Let's say, Lord. Today, my intentions end. And yours begin. I leave my, I leave my, my life. I leave my situation. And I leave my, my, my weakness in your hands. Let your power move in my life do it in me do it to me and do it through me let your power show off in my weakness and all god's men and women say and all god's men and women say come on church let's give him just a few more minutes of worship come on let's press in lift those hands come on church and sing and i will live come on
2: Presence of God, and you can sincerely sense the presence of God. Surely the presence of the Lord is here in this place. We have a mighty awesome worship pastor. Pastor Jeremy, thank you so much. You know, in all of what he said, perhaps you gave yourself to the Lord tonight. You gave your heart, you gave your your life, you gave your circumstances, and so you're new here. We we want you to know that there are resources that we have here at the church. We've got a QR code for you to look at the QR code and log in and, and get more information about all of the ministries here at the Cathedral of Faith because we want to help you in your walk with Christ. And maybe you've been working with Christ for a while and you realize in this message that, you know what, God, I need to start truly trusting you. And you can start that by giving of your tithe and your offering. We've got three ways that you can give of your tithe and your offering. You, you, You set through this service and you realize God is good and God is faithful. And I need to be good and I need to be faithful. So I want to encourage you and give you the opportunity that you can give your tithe and your offering either by way of the text or by way of the app, but learn to give to God because God has already given you anything and everything that you need as Pastor Jeremy has already explained to us. And so we're so grateful and we're thankful. And I want to pray a prayer covering and a blessing over you. And I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that your trust and hope and belief will grow and you'll be able to continue your walk with christ not in weakness but in the strength of his grace and his love in jesus name god bless you and good night